When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Don't we love a Friday on the Punters, mate? Of course, Fridays come around so quickly, don't they, Sam Highland? As I say, good afternoon to you. Hello, Chris. Oh, yeah, it's uh, what a big afternoon we've had. Me and the dog uh, racing all over the place and... What a great way to finish with uh, the punters, mate. What a great way to finish the uh, working week and get into the serious part of the week, which, of course, is finding a winner. And that's something we'll try to do for our listeners later in the show. How's your week been, Sammy? Has it been a busy one? How about the rain? It's sort of, I don't know about you guys down this way, but rain's one minute, then it's stinking humid the next. I think I said last week, I mow my lawn, and then 25 minutes later, it looks untidy. I love Unreal. it. I, lo- I love it. Uh, I've been waiting for it actually to to come this week. I, I mowed the lawns a bit early uh, last week and had a few days uh, dry weather, and I'm thinking I need the rain. But last night it bucketed down. So, uh, and I think we've got it uh, over the weekend, haven't we? It's well, gonna, it's going to roll. We've got a bit to to come. So that's a positive. Freshen not, everything up. Well, not really. This they say like zero to four mils and zero to two mils, and it just. Funny thing is, they, they put those forecasts out in the morning at, uh, what, 20 past four or something, the yeah. uh, the Bureau. Yeah. Might say zero to four mils. And then by the time you wake up and get going, it's like 6.30. They've already had about eight mils. So I don't know how they miss that, but I don't know. I don't know how they miss uh, a few things lately. I can tell you Doombin uh, this morning uh, was rated a soft six, and that was the result of uh, only three mils of rain in the past 24 hours. But there was a bit around this morning too. Um, yeah earlier this morning so hopefully not much more because i don't want it i don't want a rain affected track tomorrow sam i'm pretty pretty confident about the meeting tomorrow and the last thing i want is it to be screwed up by rain oh wow oh well uh yeah I'd, gee i'd have thought they'd have had more than three mils but um well it's only light stuff yeah, well okay. maybe your way wasn't light well i'm not far i'm not that far away i'm only a couple of suburbs away it doesn't matter from, here. from doom and then it's uh gee what well, we got more than three mils so you know, uh, it, it would be unlike a racetrack to um, slim the, the uh, oh yeah, <laughs> what you, the, the, the have rain. the rating lower than it should be. Yeah, yeah or well, just, yeah, yeah. just say we've only got a couple of mils and <laughs> they only got, got 10, twelve. And they got ten. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, and this won't be a popular um, a popular um, what's what I'm looking for uh, thing to bring up um, topic maybe. But we have the Gold Coast track now that's got fantastic drying conditions uh we've only raced on it a few times but it's dried out really quickly so it handles the rain eagle farm we know handles the rain is it time now we uh rip up doombin and put a different drainage under doombin so we've got three tracks like that uh or no i would have i would have thought not uh myself i i am all about uh racing on tracks with with some give so yeah mm. i'm not uh i am not uh I, I know how much hard tracks affect horses, and um, well, yeah, and I, I um, I'm not a fan of firm ground at all. So it's uh, 
when you're sitting on their back and and you and you feel a horse on firm ground, you can dead set. You can feel it rattle up their bones, and and uh, you know if you continue to race on firm ground uh, over time, it'll just chip away at the horse, and then next thing they break. Um, so, you know the English and Irish, they they, they wouldn't dare uh, gallop on on ground as firm as we um, gallop on, and uh, and they've been doing it for a lot longer than us. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think they've got the right secret. Well, you raise an interesting point there because. I tipped two horses last weekend that I thought were really good things, and they came off some good runs at Doombin. Okay, Artful Girl was one, and Lennox was the other. And they both went to Eagle Farm. Now, their good form was at Doombin, and they hadn't been to Eagle Farm. And they just stopped in the straight like nobody's business. There was no reason for them uh, to do that. The difference between Eagle Farm and Doombin it, 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 there's got to be something there, Sammy. It's worlds apart. It it's has, worlds well, apart. <laughs> it's not only the contour of the track, but I think it's just the surface as well. Yeah. Um, and I know you speak to a lot of jockeys, so I'm going to give you some homework and ask a few what they think of the difference between Doomit and Eagle Farm. All right. I know that, you know, leaders are much better placed at Doomit than they are at Eagle Farm, but if you're a strong horse, you can still win from the front at Eagle Farm. But I think after those two defeats last week, which just completely... Gutted me. And interesting, tomorrow, Artful Girl goes around again at Doombin. So how much will she improve back to Doombin? Interesting to see what happens there. The proof could be in the pudding. Now, last week, we did have a big day for some of our uh, participants. Doubles to Chris Munts, double to Ryan Maloney, a double to Jimmy Orman, and another Saturday winner for Talia Fenlon, who was our special guest on the show last week. How good's that? Yeah, Talia's riding in, in great form, and she'll continue to uh, to kick on, uh, get good use of that claim, that's for sure. And she's uh, she's a really good young talent. And and obviously, uh, those that you've spoken about, well, Jimmy's just a jet, so is Ryan Maloney. And, and the month stable has been in hot form. So good to see, good to see. Uh, highlights from last week on the track also. Whiskey was quite impressive winning the first Wasn't race, one for just... the Snowdens. Did it against the Tempo, Sammy. They ran they ran 37.48 or something for the first 634.20 home, and he was able to get home over the top of them. So promising. I don't think the opposition were overly strong, though. I think they'll have uh, they'll have a good weekend in, in Melbourne, big Saturday in Melbourne too, uh, yes. the Snowden Camp G. I'm a big fan of that horse, High Octa- Octane. Yep. I think he is an absolute beauty, and... Up to the 1100, that's going to be a, b- a big uh, positive. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he's a strong chance. And the other two, the the Phillies, the Phillies, <laughs> Wild Bastille, I think I think it's going to be a, a really good hope in, in the Phillies division. Well, he's very so, high up in the Blue Diamond markets. Yeah. Wild Bastille. Uh, best of luck to the uh, Pope family. Des Pope bred this one. And, uh, yeah, he's had uh, many good horses, but it would be good to see him take out a, a Blue Diamond uh, some big racing, obviously, in Melbourne with the Ore Stakes, the Group 1. Mr. Brightside returns. He's all the rage. I'm you a me- fan of Pericles. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm backing Pericles. Oh. Oh, I have already backed Pericles. Um, yeah, I, gee, I think, he's a, I think he's a horse on the up, Pericles. Um, well, he'll take on Mr. Brightside. What price is Pericles? Eight bucks. Okay. okay. So. Um, the Blue Diamond Prelude, which means the Blue Diamond must be two weeks away in the Oakley Plate. By my reckoning, which is a great time of year in Melbourne. I love that meeting, Blue Diamond, Oakley Plate. Always have. Uh, and, of course, Sydney, we've got some uh, we've got some two-year-old racing, of course, tomorrow. Uh, we've got the Inglis Millennium, 
And we have another two-year-old race, race two, which is a really good one. There's a nice one there called Celerity from the Godolphin camp. I reckon goes really well, a filly. Okay. Uh, Almore Zillow goes around for Kelly Schweder in that Inglis Millennium, the $2 million race. Uh, and wears the same colours as April and Augusta. I oh, wish, wow. wish she'd go around the $2 million race, Sam. But there's a long way to go and a lot of water to flow under the bridge. So good luck to the owners there. Uh, and also we've got the Eskimo Prince which is uh, Group 3 at uh, Randwick tomorrow. So things are starting to hot up in both Melbourne and Sydney, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Interesting sure. pair of glasses you've got uh, on your desk there. I've, I've just, what the hell are those? I've had to, I, I have to use glasses now. Yeah, but <laughs> they're very trendy. No, well, I, I just... It's they're light blue. close, yeah. They match what they're, you're wearing. Thanks. Shout-out to Andy Lewis from the Emerald Hotel. I stole them off him. <laughs> and, uh, are they those ones you get at the Servo, like uh, just a magnifying glasses, no, basically? No, it's, okay. I don't know where he got them, but it's it's good because I can still see over the top normal. But when I look at the when I look at the um, you know, the piece of paper that you've given me, it just enlarges stuff. Yeah, like they're that. magnifying glasses. That's all they are. You could so, bring in a round magnifying glass and just go like that. Oh, could I? Or use that thing you see on TV. You've seen that? It's like an iPad. No. People take it to the restaurants. One of those home shopping things. That's That's uh, mm. Now. Just something I'd just to bring up quickly. We spoke last week about uh, the major Group 1 races getting name changes to name changes after horses, like the Very Elegant uh, was going to replace... What was the race? I can't remember now. Uh, the Chipping Norton was turning into the Very Elegant. Well, And you know, further to that, yeah. just um, got an interesting uh, message from uh, one of our loyal listeners, Darren Saunders, who was, uh, he said, um, how, would the, how would the tie the knot feel? Uh, won four Chipping Nortons. He won four. Mm. He won four Chipping mm. Nortons. Yeah. And he's overlooked. But he didn't win a Melbourne Cup. That's what they'll say. Oh. Now, uh, Paul Richards from the Winning Post, good bloke and a good journo. Yes. He does a really good job on the, the Winning Post. Uh, he's written a bit of an article in this week's edition about, um, about that, about people blowing up like you and I. Right. And he's just gone through some of the other countries and how many group ones they've got and how many Group 1s are named after horses. So Great Britain, England has 36 Group 1s. Only two of them are named after horses. Only two of them. Uh, in Ireland, they only honour one horse with a Group 1, and that is the uh, Pretty Polly was the name of the mare. Pretty, the Pretty Polly, Polly Stakes. Stakes. Yeah. Okay, only I've been one. to that race meeting. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, in France, there's 28 Group 1s and only one, the Prix Vermeil. I don't, I'm just butchering that completely. Appears to be named after a horse. Vermiel probably was a top broodmare of the 1860s. So a lot of these ones are actually very old-time horses. And in the in America, they run 97 Group 1s or Grade 1s, and 17 of them are named after top-class thoroughbreds. So percentage-wise, we're so winning. So how many, how many? 11 of 74 here. Right. 11 of 74. Yeah. So uh, And building, I would say. Yeah. Kingston Town doesn't have a Group 1 named after him at all. How ridiculous. Neither does Farlap. How ridiculous. But very elegant does, and um, and a few others. Anyway, Storm Boy sold for $60 million, which I think $50 million actually was the figure that was bandied around. Nothing official. Uh, we did talk about that a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of detail gone into that sale. I'm not going to go through all that, but he has been sold to Coolmore and will now race in the Coolmore Colours, Sammy. Yeah, that's, uh, I tell you what, it's pretty impressive, isn't it? $60 million and... He was so impressive, but he's still, uh, you know, he's still got improvement in him, I would have thought, uh, Storm Boy. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, so we'll be seeing him for a good bit. And uh, But, gee whiz, it's, it's 
big money, isn't it? Sammy Imperatruz's trial during the week. Did you catch it? I did watch. What'd uh, you think of that? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I didn't think she'd uh, need to get a rub up the neck like she did. Mm. You know, and she needed she needed a bit of a shake up to stay in touch with them. Oh, maybe I did hear that they say she's pretty relaxed and uh, yeah. I think. Interesting. We, we Very need interesting. to see her again. We need well, to see we'll her see her again. Well, we'll see her next Saturday. Yeah. In the uh, in the Black Caviar Lightning at Flemington. So in secrets out. Yes, I see that. Uh, so Imperatriz, yeah, I looked at it and thought, gee, that was a little flat. But then someone put up a uh, a trial leading into last preparation. She was pretty flat in that too. Was so, she? Okay. Anyway, uh, Giga kicks out of the autumn. We know that. Hopefully, the Brisbane Winter Carnival is on the radar with Giga Kick. Uh, Alligator Blubby discussed last week. He's definitely out and may be out. Uh, for the or forever, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it's the changing of the guard, isn't yep. it? Really, and Most uh, we need. I tell you what, we need some good horses to to turn up and and take up a spot because uh, they're a bit thin on the ground, aren't they? Yes, but I tell you what, there is plenty of fifty eights. There's plenty of fifty eights <laughs> going around. I've got some fifty fives too. I've been doing the form <laughs> four lately. I tell you what, some of them don't even deserve to win a race. <laughs> There's nothing that you do the form and you think none of these can win. Oh. They just haven't got the ability to win, but one of them has to. Well, some of the, you want to do the form for some of those meetings oh, on I Monday and Tuesday that uh, Brown Dog and I do. Wow, week it's. Uh, that, it's exactly like that. And you see them coming up the straight at the furlong and you think, okay, who's having a think about it? They all, all are. Of them. They all are. <laughs> all right. All right, Sammy. This one I thought was perfect for you. Ben Dorries, who we know well, racing journalist, uh, Queensland for RaceNet. What about that tripe he wrote about that? Oh, um, the, the, the sex worker. Ah, oh, <laughs> I mean, do we honestly need that going on? Do, do, do we need to be writing articles about that in the racing industry? I well, mean, that, talking about That's tacky, not my talking point. Talking about, well, I'm, I'm just bringing it up. For talking about tacky. I mean, bring bring the sport down a peg or two. What, what why why does that need to be spoken about? Uh, anyway, I'm I'm talking about this one here, and this one is the trust funds. Or there's no Queensland is the only state in Australia that doesn't have a trust fund set up for apprentice jockeys, and the reason for that was uh, a while back there seemed to be a lot of mature age apprentices, and they needed their money because they had families and they had kids, so they disbanded the jockeys or the apprentices trust fund. Um, you were an apprentice jockey. You would have come under the trust fund situation. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I think it was it was. Look, my my dad was very strong on this um, back in the day. Uh, you know, as far as being, you know, you're you're obviously an an adolescent and then going into being an adult, and you need to be uh, you're making seriously good money, and then um, yeah, you, it needs to be held back from you to. Yep. Uh, to make sure that you don't go out and buy fast cars and and blow it all. By the time you get to twenty one, you come out and you and you haven't got a bean. And um, so you know, I I never forget. I couldn't even buy my first car out of my apprentice fund. Like Dad just would not let you touch it. And so if he um, gave you the okay, you could touch it. Yeah. So you could get. Uh, you, I remember back then, if you wanted to buy a house or a or a um, or a 
car, you, you could get money out, yep. but you, you had to make a request for it and That's right. go through certain um, stages and, and then uh, you could get the money. But I, I, I remember I had to buy my first car. I had to buy my first car with cash, uh, old Pat, and he used to pay me peanuts too back in the day, $84 <laughs> a week. And it, uh, uh, so it's, it's so yeah, I, I think it was, but just speaking from experience, I think that was a, it, it was a good thing learning to obviously really value the dollar and know how lucky you are to, to you know, have that money put away. And then when you turn 21, uh, you you bought a house and, and uh, or you had a big chunk of money and you could go and buy a house. Was it 21 or 18? I was 21. So it's 18 now, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah right. But it was, back then, it was, it was, I never got my money until I was 21. But and what, do you think if you had got it at 18, you would have blown a lot of it? Well, I think, uh, you know, and that's what, uh, as I say, my dad was really yeah. strong on the opinion that, you know, this, this, you work hard and this money gets put away. And, and then when you're 21, you're, an, you're obviously an adult, you've been working for, for six years and or five or six years and you have a big chunk of money and you come out and you go bang and now you invest it well, you know, and, but, um, what dad used to say back in the day, he had seen in his time of being a jockey and then being a horse trainer is he'd seen so many kids make so much money, but then they got to the end and they came out and just blew it all on fast cars and wrapped a car around a pole and then next thing bought another fast car and then it, it just, you know, it just withered away quickly. So what do and we do so mature yeah, age apprentices? Yeah, I think it's it's obviously um, a, a different scenario now because you have, like you say, you have people that have been through school, had an education and then come out and, and then want to be an apprentice jockey. And uh, it's, yeah, I... I I, I'm not up with uh, I'm not up with where it's all at, but I can understand that that you know uh, older age apprentices are it's a common thing now, isn't it? You yeah. know, like we see um, jockeys that are like 21 and still got their claim and or just been riding for one or two years or something like that, and obviously um, you know they need their money. So yeah, I don't I don't, uh, I don't know where all all that well, is at, but I, but I know that. Um, it was, you know, speaking from someone that, that obviously was apprenticed to his father, but my, my old man was pretty strict and firm with all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it was a bad thing. Well, um, Ben's uh, ended the uh, article by saying that it's understood Racing Queensland is currently reviewing the apprentice pay structure system in Queensland. And if there is to be a change and trust funds and holding accounts were reintroduced for junior riders, it would most likely be an opt-in system rather than being mandatory. So there you go. Now, today's guest on the show is an apprentice, CJ Graham. And is there anyone riding better in Queensland than CJ at the moment? I don't think so. So looking forward to chatting to her in just a moment. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. And we are racing at Doombin, of course, tomorrow. We race on the poly track at the Gold Coast. We race on the poly this week and next Saturday, then back to the grass, Sam. Uh, Toowoomba in the twilight zone tomorrow night. Townsville up north, Sunshine Coast on Sunday with a 12-metre rail. Take note. So you need to be against the fence. Wherever you are in the run, doesn't matter. if You can, you can make ground, but it needs to be against the fence. And we race at Miles and Nanango on the non-tab circuit. Oh, make me over. I'm all I want to be.
Sammy, our first guest on the show and our only guest on the show when it comes to riding horses today is CJ Graham and she is riding up a storm of late, fresh off riding four at the Sunshine Coast Saturday a week back and she's had plenty more winners since. CJ, good afternoon to you. Hey, how are you going? Very, very well. Uh, not as well as you though. You must be absolutely wrapped in your form at the moment. Yeah, I couldn't be happier with um, the opportunities I've been given lately and um, to salute on, on quite a few of them. It, it's been a really good run and I just hope it can continue for, for a while longer. Well, I don't see any reason as to why it shouldn't. I mean, you've got some really good rides coming up tomorrow. You rode some uh, good horses there at uh, at uh, Do- or Eagle Farm sorry, on Wednesday and had more success there. And uh, just need to ask you, Kelly Schweder, how much of an influence has he been for you? Yeah, he's been amazing. Um, he's a, a really good boss and a really good mentor and um, he gives me a lot of support and we've had a, a lot of luck together and, yeah, he, he's just been um, nothing sort of amazing. Him and he, his whole family, um, they're just great people to work for. He doesn't say a lot, does he? But what he says uh, means something. Yeah, without a doubt, without a <laughs> doubt. And he'll, he'll let you know when you've done well and he'll let you know when you've done wrong. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I, like, I like CJ. Have you, do you ever go? Do you ever ride work for Kelly and then, and then go and sit in the in the feed room there, sit on one of those bins, and it's like uh, it's like the wise words of Kelly Schweder. I've been there a few <laughs> times, and Jimmy Orman. He has all these jockeys around. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's like um, well, it's it's good. I think it's a great thing mentoring. what he does there. Yeah, mentoring. It's a good thing. It is. It is great. It's uh, definitely the highlight of the morning when you. When you get off your last one and you wander up there for a chat. Um, there's been, like, I think it was the last time he went to Sydney and he wasn't there for a couple of days. I didn't know what to do with myself when I was <laughs> done. I just sort of wandered on out of there and didn't know what to do. It's, um, yeah, it's really, it's really cool being able to sit down with him each day and and have a talk, whether it's about racing or not. He's, um, yeah, he's really great to talk to. Has he gone to Sydney for uh, for El Mozillo tomorrow? Um, he heads off tomorrow morning. I've got to drop tomorrow him at morning. the airport tomorrow morning. Okay, well, uh, best of luck. Now, um, you do spend a lot of time around the stable, so I've just got to ask you, uh, April in Augusta's back in work. How's she going? You've been on her back in yeah, track work she's yet? Going, she's going well. I actually don't ride her regularly. I rode her her first couple of mornings back, but um, Kelly's daughter, Dodie, her partner, Glenn, um, he's done all the work on her from the get-go, I'm quite sure. So he is um, her regular rider, um, and, yeah, he says she's going really well. And then you'll and the, and the fact in the, good order. The fact that he's the regular rider, yes, it's, it's only fair that when she wins, that you give him a slap, <laughs> send him a slap. You know, okay. I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> if she can keep winning, and if CJ can keep getting the job done, I'll be sending slabs all over the place because uh, she had a great prep last time in. Now, uh, just yeah, looking she back, had a it's she did, and there's no reason. She's improved with every prep, so hopefully there's more to come this time. Spoken like a true owner. <laughs> Spoken like a true owner. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, you you got one of mine home on uh, on Wednesday, a horse that I'd been following and following and following, and you rode him beautifully, and that was Sharp Dazzler. Last to first. Yes, it um, actually wasn't the plan. It was the plan to get back, but it wasn't the plan to ride him the way that I did. I was going to go right back to last, and and find the fence and, and ride him for a bit of luck because um, the, the fence was quite hot that day. Um, but just the way the races run, they went quite quick up in front and I knew that they went quick and, and the horse that I had underneath me and <clears throat> everywhere I was looking up in front of me, there was sort of roadblocks 
um, and I found myself on the back of um, Ryan Maloney and I was just happy to track him everywhere he went and I didn't have to come out too much to get into clear running so that's what I decided to do and um, when he did get that clear running he, he let down brilliantly I felt like a winner from from the 300 out. It's interesting I mean that back 200 meters or 250 <laughs> meters from the Doomben run you would think that uh, Sharp Dazzler wants further and we were just talking about this uh, earlier on the show the difference between Eagle Farm and Doombin, we know the contours of the track are different, so a horse like Sharp Dazzler is always going to be better suited at Eagle Farm. But the difference in the surfaces, do you, do you have an opinion on the difference in the surfaces at Eagle Farm and Doombin? Is Eagle Farm a, a firmer surface? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's definitely a much firmer surface. And you do, I, I tend, to, tend to notice um, like your smaller sort of, Athletic horses really sort of love um, Eagle Farm, um, and then you know some of the bigger, heavier horses um, they don't love how how firm the ground can get there. But um, the track's been racing re- really well um, at both places actually. Um, yep. But it really just Eagle Farm just gives those back markers and every horse just their chance because um, yep. it's such a beautiful big track. No, you're right, Sammy. We had this discussion earlier because I was talking about a couple of horses that came from Doombin and ran at Eagle Farm last Saturday, Artful Girl and Lennox, who were both in great form, and they just gave nothing in the straight at Eagle Farm. They were like different horses. I made comments, CJ, yeah, that... Uh, I, oh, go on. No, I was just going to say it's funny how... It, and it can work vice versa as yes. well, too. Like, some horses can go great at Eagle Farm and then you take them across the road and, and they don't perform well. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I was making comment that, uh, you know, for, for a jockey, that ho- horses galloping on, on firm ground, really hard ground, it's, um, you know, you can you can really feel the jar in them. You know, horses are really delicate animals. And, um, you know, I know lots of punters say that they prefer to, to bet on um, firm ground. But uh, uh, if you ask the horse, uh, you know, the majority would they would not like to race on firm ground because you can almost feel the rattle come up their bones, can't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, definitely don't want it Don't want it too firm, but when it's that sort of good four, soft five, um, six sort of range, it's, it, it's quite perfect sometimes. Um, but then you have some horses that absolutely are mud runners, and, you know, they, they love the heavy tracks and, and they get through it so well. It's just... Um, yeah, crazy how many different horses just like the different sort of circumstances. Now, looking at your rides at Doombin tomorrow, I'm just going to pick a few of these out. A couple that really interest me. One is race four, number 10, Sigourney. Uh, now, I've been following this mare. She was really good winning her first two starts locally at Toowoomba. Uh, her third start was okay. And then you rode her last time and she was back in the field, which she does. But, gee, she made some good ground. She made really good ground and... Um that was only over the 1400 too. So I think getting up to the mile tomorrow is really going to suit. I was just disappointed to see another bad barrier. I've got shocking barriers all day tomorrow and I really hope that she drew a bit softer so I could be a bit closer in the run. But I would say from there, I'm going to have to drift back somewhat yep. to, to try to get in and hopefully I can just ride her for a bit of luck tomorrow um, and not have to cover as much ground as what I did last start. But I think she is a sort of, quite green still and she is a sort of horse that will appreciate a bit of room as well because she, she was quite quite green when I was in amongst them and when I did get her into that clear running um, her last hundred was, was super I think she's a really really good chance tomorrow 
Or seeing that there's not a lot of speed on paper, you could just put the handlebars down from the start and take her right out of her comfort zone and go to the front. I'm only joking because I know she probably wouldn't handle that. And what um, he he would like me to do on her is to, um, I think the mile at that Doomben it can be a little bit of an awkward. Oh, it's start. a tricky start. Yeah. Yeah, Oop. it's um it's a bugger of a barrier, but um yeah. Anyway, a little bit of luck, and I'm sure she'll be running very well. Yep. Now, in race five, uh, not a clue how or who. I heard Chris Nelson on Giddy Up this morning absolutely declaring I didn't declare this. It. Declaring <laughs> I tipped this. it. He said, put your house on this. <laughs> it will win. Hello, punters. <laughs> Goes all right. I don't know much about this horse, but um, it's form's very consistent. It's last few and it's, it's last run was was really good um, behind that last chance saloon. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it'll be running a, a nice race tomorrow, and we've drawn a little bit softer there, which will be good. Yeah, down in class, down in uh, up a little in weight, but your claim's a big help there. I think it'll run really well. I didn't see a lot of opposition in that race, so I'm confident you'll go close there. Uh, what about Poseidus? So I backed this last start. Poseidus it's a back marker too. At, uh, yeah, at, at the sunny coast, and I thought it, I thought it did enough. That was okay in that race, wasn't it? Yeah, it ran well. I think the 1,200 tomorrow will suit. That was only a 1,000 the other day at Sunny Coast. And it's sort of funny that start at the 1,000, you can't be giving away too much ground to, to sort of come back and get in. So I just elected to stay in that three-deep line and, and be that pair um, closer and had to cover a little bit of ground. But last 250 metres um, was really good. was sort of doing two to their one late, I thought, Um so it was, hopefully we can just settle a little bit closer tomorrow, um, and up to the twelve hundred. I think I think that should be pretty easy. Do you know much about Butch and Bugs in uh, in race number eight? You got I, a horrible gate again. Yeah, I actually won this horse's maiden on him uh, down at Wyong. So I've had a few sits on him a, a fair while ago, um, but I haven't been on him recently. But I thought he's. Run two ago was really good at Doomben. He was um, really unlucky. He sort of ran into dead ends everywhere he went. wasn't fully tested. And his run last start was good. He had to go all the way back. Um, and I, I think he come wide there and had to cover a bit of ground as well. Um, shame he's drawn a little bit sticky as well. But um, I think he can he can run a pretty bold race in that field tomorrow. Uh, now, of course, El Morzillo goes around in the Millennium, the rich race at Ramwick tomorrow for Cali. Now, you rode El Morzillo to victory at the Sunshine Coast over 1,000 metres last time out. The extra distance looks as though it'll suit. Got to have an each-way chance, you would think. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think she's a great little chance, and she's drawn relatively well, and she's just one of those horses that just try their absolute best every time they step out, and um, she's really quick out the gate, so I'm sure she'll be in in the first four there somewhere, making her, her own luck up on the speed. But she probably shouldn't have won there the other day when I won on her. Like, I was stuck deep from the barrier. Um, she was she was quite lost up until the 200 and just started to get into a bit of a rhythm and, and start to narrow that margin down on the ones in front of me. And one actually ran out in front of me just as she was starting to really build the revs and she had to change leg and, and come again. And then all of a sudden she's picked them up you know, really easy inside that last 20, 50 to 20 metres and she was really strong through the line. And she's a very, she's only little, but she's a very, very clean-winded little thing and, and just has a, a big will to win. 
Now, I know you're not riding uh, this horse. You're riding AWOL in the last race at Doombin, but uh, just looking for a push. Uh, Cork? No, oh. Petunia. I'm oh. telling you. I, l- I love this horse. I love this horse. And I reckon, you know what? I re- it's $21. I reckon this will run a race on Saturday. You give it any hope there uh, in the last. Which, no, which, I reckon if they ride horse? it quite. Um, Petunia. You know that. The, the, um, oh Kelly. yes, yes. She um she was just ended up a bit close in a in a small field yeah. with not a lot of speed the other day and yeah she wasn't beaten too far at all. Um and she's back to seventy eight grade. She doesn't have a lot of weight on her back and she's drawn the one. Yeah, I, I think she'll I think she'll run well. You are all over it. I, lo- I like this. I like this. See, all, all oh. over it. She is. I'm going to ask you one more question, then we'll let you go. A horse that's uh, figured on our show a little bit in the last couple of weeks and not for any good reasons is plundering. Now, you rode this horse uh, recently. It started very short and just gave absolutely nothing in the straight. I know you to do a little bit of work early, but, oh, gee, how genuine do you think plundering is? And I, don't, I know you probably can't say a lot, but uh, were there any excuses that day? Yeah, there was definitely. Um, I, I don't think it was anything to do with the horse being genuine or not. I just think... Um, may have been a little bit my mistake um what didn't help he threw a shoe before the event behind the barrier so he had to be reshod which is never a really good sign um we were in a really small field of five i drew the outside um you sort of got to make a decision pretty quick in those little fields and i probably just over drove him a little bit early i thought and when i did find myself outside the leader i just sort of expected him to just come back and relax for me and he just wanted to fight me i sort of had to wrestle him to to get him to try to settle out to the leader and he just never settled one bit. He just fought me the whole way. And when they do that, they can sometimes um, get their tongue over or suck it back and, and cut their wind off. And yep. that's what it felt like happened to me. Um, it felt like he just wasn't getting enough air in. Um, he made a bit of a sound just sort of going past the line. Like he may have been sort of holding his breath. Um, I think they went and got him scoped after that. I'm not sure what the outcome was, but yeah, I think, you know, they can't run if they're not getting any air in, and, no. and that's sort of how I assessed what went wrong. Okay. No. All right. Well, he goes in the forgive file. He gets another chance, does uh, plundering. Yeah, CJ. I, him. He is, I, yeah. I thought he was a really nice horse. Yeah, well, his form in Sydney is very consistent. He might not win that often, but he's never far away, so he gets another chance. CJ, thank you so much He'll for your get time. One here. Yeah, he will. Well, he should. Yeah, he definitely should in his Sydney form. Thanks for your time. Best of luck tomorrow at Dooman. Best of luck going forward. There is no one riding better in Queensland than you at the moment. Maybe even Australia. Maybe even the world. <laughs> How good's that? How good's that? <laughs> Have a great weekend. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on. Lovely to talk. That's a pleasure. Thanks, CJ. CJ Graham joining us there, Sammy. And I mean that. She's riding so well at the moment. She's full of confidence and she's doing a tremendous job. How good. How good. Yeah, she was all over that. And, uh... Best of luck to her. Now we're going for a break. When we come back from the break, uh, it's sausage time. This is the Punters, mate, on SEN. Sammy, it's sausage time. Have you been doing your um, homework? 
or doing your money? Yeah, I've been doing, uh, been doing both. Been doing both. Um, <laughs> Hang on, we'll play the I intro think we first. we agree on one. Well, do we? Yeah. Oh, yes, I think we do, actually. Here we go. Uh, you can go first, then. To start with A and end in D. African Daisy. <laughs> oh, my dearie me. Yes, just, you were all over it last week. Just cockroaches. Belvedere boys would have absolutely annihilated it had it run that race. He Afri- goes around in Sydney tomorrow. African Daisy and Demarcay. Oh, oh, that's the second time. You don't like just, that horse. Nah, just a... Oh, grub. I've grubby. got one. Grubby. I've got one, and this is for my good friend Sputter out there who'll be listening. Sputter. Because he knows this horse well. Taranaki from the Chris Wallace stable. Yes. Five starts for two seconds. Last four starts. Second at $2.45. Second at $1.80. Sixth at $1.28. And fifth at $1.35. It's becoming extremely costly, is Taranaki. Probably wins a race with a bit of luck, but gee whiz, you've uh, run out of cash, surely, if you're following it. I had African Daisy in as well. And I've also got Powerful Peg from Rose Hill last Saturday. Two starts in a row. Powerful Peg, who had some good form last prep, has sat outside the leader and given absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think Tags was all over Powerful yeah. Peg last week. Nothing was up and about. in the straight at all. And there was another horse of mine which uh, I put in the file that won last week too. So I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. I'll try and remember by the end of the show. But it did get up and win. So that's two now. Burnt me a little bit. Uh, I don't know what it was. It must be in Sydney. I'll find it in a minute. But there you go. So there are our sausages for this week. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine... A holiday paradise. Just before I get to uh, to Gibbo, Sammy, Kettle Hill was the name of that horse. Sausage. So that, uh, Sausage. Well, it, well, I thought it was, and it gets up and blows everyone out last week. Impossible horse to catch, Kettle Hill. Uh, but it paid Kieran well. Kieran Marquette. Yeah, Kieran Marquette. Congratulations to Kieran and Alice, too. They had the, the birth of their baby girl alive. Was that their first? Yes. Oh, congratulations, definitely. So, good gear. Beautiful. All righty, Gibbo, I know you're there somewhere. I thought Sammy was going to say congratulations, Kieran, on, on training a winner. I thought he's had a oh. few. <laughs> no, that might have been his first one on his own. Could have yeah, been. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say he has trained a few. Knows what he's, he's cer- doing, that bloke. He certainly has. Now, another guy that knows what he's doing is you. Uh, and tell me, how is the uh, the boxing coming along? Are you doing any training? Can't be that far away. I've got. I've got... One in, um, nearly spewed twice. Um, that's not ideal. But in bad news, my competitor, um, him and his mate, their podcast, they've built their own boxing ring in their backyard. <laughs> so they're, they're, getting they're, they're, they're prepping pretty well. I'm not kidding you. They've got a boxing ring in their backyard. Are we betting on this? Yeah. Are we going to bet yeah, is on, it on this? Uh, can we get on? Uh, I don't know. We, I might have to get some. I might have to work something out beforehand. I just need to get a bit of video footage off a few blokes about a, a couple of the other fights to know who, yeah. who we're backing. Yeah, from what you're telling us, I don't think you're going to be a short-priced favourite. No, not at this stage. But you know, you've <laughs> got to be a bit of a. I, I've got old age, so I've got to. I've got to be wise. I can't be. Uh, 
can't be brash like the youngsters. They can be brash. I'll be wise. I'll just I'll just work my way around and find the best way to do this. Now, when, how far have we got, or how long until this bout takes place? Uh, it's the end of end of April, so we've still got probably oh, it's about eighty five days or something like that. <laughs> but I'm who's counting? counting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people would just say, oh, yeah, about three months. But you've got a calendar there, obviously, yeah. and you're putting a line yeah, through each day. Yeah, and Moose, our producer, he's fighting on the night too. He sends me updates every now and then. Yeah, 95 days and, and two hours. So uh, hopefully we can both have a win. All right. Well, something that's back tomorrow is racing on the poly track at the Gold Coast for the next two Saturdays, and then we're back on the grass. Only six races. Yeah. Are you keen on anything there? Look, I think it's a it's a hard sort of day, but the good thing is now that we've had so much racing on it, you do know the horses that um, like it. And in the first, there's two horses that absolutely love it. Uh, Data Patch and Jamaican Rumber. And Data Patch did trial well again here leading into this. So, look, it's a race in two, but I'm going to go race one, number one, Data Patch. I just I just think it's well suited. And as I said, I think it'll hold the fence and it'll be hard to beat. So, Data Patch. Um I don't like staying races, but look, race three, number three, Sea Treasures is another one that had been good for a couple of starts, then went way out of its grade to a 72 at Eagle Farm, um, back to a 58 here, just looks suitable. So race one, one data patch, race three, three Sea Treasures at the Gold Coast. Okay. What about anywhere else around the country? Uh, a couple in Brisbane. I... I um, Watch Kabosh go around in Sydney last start before the race. I was at a mate's house. He said, how good does this horse look? And I think it was $17 that day. And it looked the winner the entire way and just got nailed late. I thought the run was super. I said to him that day it'll win soon. And I, I know it doesn't win out of turn, Kabosh, but geez, mm. it found the right race. I think if it just runs up to last start, I think it'll win. So race three, number four, Kabosh. Yep. And race nine, um, again, a lot of these are just, we know what they've got. There's not much upside, but Kinlock and Boom Talk both score poorly, but they're class horses. Kinlock's been very good this prep, and Boom Talk's untapped. And I just think Boom Talk's the one that can, Kin, Kinlock's sort of a one trick pony. He's got to go back, have luck, not always great on this track, whereas Boom Talk can go forward, get some favours compared to it. So. I'm actually leaning Boom Talk here. I think um, around that two, 270, 280 mark. Um, I think it's going to get all the favours and, and Kinlock's going to have to get out and after it and have a bit of luck. All right. So we go race three, number four, Kabosh at Doombin and race nine, number three, Boom Talk also at Doombin. Nothing else? That's it? All done and dusted? Yeah, no, I reckon that's it. reckon that's it. Um, interested in how Belvedere boys go. Matt, Matt yes. Dunstable's flying the last couple of months and you know, everyone just backed his horses in the highways. But I think this is this is the perfect horse for a highway. I think it's got a bit of upside, strong yep. through the line. So three dollars is probably short enough to be honest, but I do think it's one of those horses that just goes down and wins highways. Um he's taking some ordinary ones that win. I think this one's got a bit of class. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it'll win too and I hope it does. Gibbo, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Have a great weekend. Keep up the training and we'll check in with you Thank again you, next legend. Friday. Thank you, mate. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Bye. Sammy, uh, tips from South Australian Horse Racing Tips on Twitter, at South underscore tips at Morfordville tomorrow. Now, he's uh, <laughs> he's a funny guy, is Anthony. He's given me names of these horses again, and they are the worst possible names, but he's also given me an explanation of how you say them. So race one, number Ooh, yeah. one, 
Karoy Angie. Race one, number one, Karoy Angie, the win. Race six, number five, Done My Glass each way. Race six, number five each way. And race seven, number seven, Aruga Mama for the win. Race seven, number seven. And this one I can get all by myself. Race eight, number 11, La Defence to win. One, number one, the win. Six, number five each way. Seven, number seven, the win. Eight, number 11, the win. Follow at South underscore tips on Twitter or X. And Anthony will supply you with plenty of winners. What do you like tomorrow, Sammy? Righto, I am going with my mate Petunia, race 10, number 14, Petunia to take out the And he was sniffing around for a bit of support there from CJ. At a price, I'm telling you, it'll run well. Uh, race 6, number 8, Damo Days, I think it'll be hard to beat. Yep. Race 7, number 2, La Amigo, they are all at Doombin. Uh, at the meeting at Caulfield... The Blue Diamond for the Colts, race six, number one, High Octane, race seven, number one, Bold Bastille, and in the CFR, I like Pericles. I'm going with uh, one of your terms here. Doombin race two, number two, Fukabana will win. Ooh. Will win. Race two, number two, but you have to take probably about sixty or so. That's the only problem. I think there's some good value there at Doombin. Race five, number five, not a clue how or who. Race seven, number 12, Jayanthi. Race eight, number 14, Last Chance Saloon. And race nine, number nine, Hatchet. I think can run a really good race. He'll be in front of those other two, Kinlock and Boom Talk, and might take some running down. Uh, in Sydney, I really like this unraced filly, Celerity. Race two, number eight from Godolphin. I think Barber can run a race. Race eight, number seven. And Tommy Kitten returns at 1,200 oh, metres. Wow. I don't know why he's the price he is, around $6. I think he's going to prove hard to beat. So race six, number two, Tom Kitten. They're all Godolphin horses. Hopefully it's a day out. James coming. Sammy, what's on for the weekend? Any exciting? Uh, Trackside tomorrow, David Taggart, myself and Josh Jenkins, and we'll obviously have you on throughout oh, the day. Beautiful. Yep. And then Sunday, got Sunday off. I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Trackside, and then I have a few days off because I'm heading down oh, to on, yep. I'm heading down to Melbourne. You're going to Melbourne, you'll be on location next week and we're not telling anyone where you'll be until next week, so tune in. <laughs> You'll never guess. Have a great weekend, everyone. Many winners.